There are unpleasant sounds in this world, like nails on a chalkboard, crying babies on an airplane, and people chewing their food. Then there are pleasant sounds, like talk about your Colorado avalanche. Good for your auditory system. This is Avs in Your Earholes. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the next generation of Avs in Your Earholes, the podcast. It is summertime, and it is Kyle Keefe and Connor McGahee with you. How are you? I'm good. I'm yeah. good. I, obviously, it's summer because I'm wearing white pants <laughs> on a white couch. Okay, so that's, that's a good starting point because this podcast is coming in two different forms. Audio, which some of you are listening to right now. Hello. And now video. video right. So if you're watching on video, hello. Kyle is doing his best effort to blend into the couch. The, like um, your floating torso right now. Right. So um, our audio guy, Daryl, he insulted me four times in the first two minutes. It was it. probably five. Yeah. yeah. Total. I mean, you'd have to go to three and a half minutes. But I'm it was... very comfortable, though. <laughs> I might sleep in these Are those tonight. linen pants? No, they're satin Satin pants. Satin <laughs> pants, the Kyle Keefe story. Uh, there is so much Avs news. It's funny because the season ends, and then you have a couple dates to look forward to. And we're going to talk about those. Uh, coming up on this program, uh, the schedule got released. Uh, the draft happened in Vancouver. Uh, free agent frenzy. Uh, July 1st is Christmas Day for hockey fans. We'll talk about the Avs free agent signings, uh, Joe Sackig making some trades to make his team better. And of course, we'll talk about the big trade as well. Uh, Tyson Berry no longer uh, a member of the Colorado Avalanche. That is all coming up on this version of the podcast. Um, but it's funny because you, you get to this point where you have all these dates to look forward to, and then you're where you are now, and now it's the desert. Now you don't have anything until camp opens in that second week of, of September. It's a lot like going to a steakhouse and they give you a, a, a taste of a T-bone, then they say go sit in the corner <laughs> for two hours. Right? You get the schedule, you go through the draft, you go through free agency, and then they make you wait. Yeah. Right? So for guys like you and me, it drives me crazy. Oh, but, yeah. you know, you start with the schedule. This is like uh, I, we were shooting golf at Altsu when it came out. <laughs> and, I mean, I, I didn't pay attention to one thing. <laughs> <laughs> golf at Altsu, literally I was like, Okay, they're like, can you hit this ball? And like, just shut up for a second. <laughs> Hold on a second. I'm looking oh at November. God, right? I'm in November now. Um, but yeah, I, Connor, you look at this. Okay, let's just start with October, right? Yeah. I mean, you're totally pumped that the first four games are at home. And then you look. I at think who, that's the longest home stand the Avs have ever had. Right. To open a season. But look at who they're against. I mean, your first three, it's like, ooh, ooh, yeah, ooh. And even four. I mean, Arizona right. didn't miss the playoffs right. by much. You know, right. we knocked them out, and like everybody else, yeah. at the end of last season. Well, so here you go. I, I always like to break it up month by month, but okay. October you got six home, six away. And what's great about that trip, although we've discussed that the team will come home before Vegas. After St. Louis, yeah. Right. So, but, uh, so it's a all, five it's, game and a one game. Right. Yeah. But for the most part, they're home at the beginning, they're home at the end. And you have seven playoff teams in October. So uh, when, you, when you talk about the gauntlet, which we had last year, mm -hmm. which was they obviously struggled December 1st to yeah. the All-Star break. You know, you there's no you can't come out of the gates slow. I mean, that road trip is silly. At Washington, at Pittsburgh, at Florida again mm -hmm. should be a playoff team. They've they've made a ton of additions as well. At Tampa, at St. Louis, the Stanley Cup champions, and then at Vegas. I mean, that is that is murderer's <laughs> row for your first. You almost did a spit right. take with your coffee. Hey, welcome to the NHL season. Here's the Stanley Cup <laughs> champion. You know, it's just like okay. I mean, yeah. that is about as tough a trip as it gets, and it's six games long. Last year. 
Our longest yeah. was five games. It was that five-game trip uh, through Canada. Yeah, but, I mean, overall, if you kind of look at the schedule, I think it's, again, six home, eight away in November. December is seven home, seven away. Yeah. January, six home, three away, and then you have that, you have 11 days off because of the bye week yeah. and the all-star break. So it's not like you're, you're not punishing yourself where you're like, okay, November, we're not home. We're not at Pepsi Center at all. Everything is pretty balanced for mm -hmm. the most part. I like the schedule. I don't travel with the team every time. You obviously do. When you look at this schedule, do you kind of lick your chops and go, I like it? Do you like what I you do, see? I do like this because, um, again, you said it's about balance. And I, I think that if guys are going to go on a trip, they're going to go on a trip. You know, right. and, and the first, if you're going to have a six-game trip, it's good to get it out in October instead of having it's sort of hanging over your head in the end of February or March. Right. Uh, but you do have one six-game road trip. You have two five-game road trips. There's a, there's a four-gamer uh, as well uh, in there, so a, a couple threes. But then you have back-to-backs, and that's the, net, the other thing you look at. You look at holidays, where are they at for Thanksgiving and Christmas, uh, where are you at for New Year's, and then you look at back-to-backs. They're <laughs> tough. It, go to February. You have yep. at Anaheim, at L.A., back-to-back, -back, home versus Buffalo. Yep. Then you go back on the road, back east, back-to-back -back at Carolina, at Nashville. So uh, uh, there's some tough ones, and then you have the home-and-home the -home with Chicago as well. Uh, Chicago, you play, I think, four times, no, five times, October through December, and then you don't see the Chicago Blackhawks for the rest of the season. Ever again. Um, they will play St. Louis at home three times, uh, and then the other three-time division uh, uh, team that they will face is Minnesota. We have yep. to go to Minnesota three times. Right, so. which, you know, naturally makes me want to throw up in my mouth. Um, if you're going to spew, <laughs> spew in spew the in this. <laughs> um, But, you know... Really, it's October and March. You, you, yeah. you want to get off to a good start, and you want to finish strong. Remember how good the Avs were. I think they had to win eight, and they did yeah. win eight. Um, but you look at March. Okay, so your first four are at home. Your last four are at home. So you bookend with solid Pepsi Center you know, mm. chaos, right? Yeah. Um, March, again, is, is no joke. But March and April, you have 18 games. Only eight of those are against playoff teams from last year. Yeah. So if you're really sort of balancing things out, you're like, okay, March is obtainable. We could, that's a, you can go 500 you know, or 50, you want to win 55, 60% of those games. Um, but again, your last four, Nashville, Tough. Mm -hmm. Arizona with Phil Kessel, yep. and, and maybe they're back in the conversation. Winnipeg. Never easy. Big and heavy. But uh, Winnipeg is probably annoyed that they have to come in game 81 again. Right. Where the Avs clinched the uh, the playoffs last year. Right. Um, but, uh, but then you, you finish up with guess who? St. Louis. Yeah. Right. Well... <laughs> <laughs> There's no other, I mean. Big hopes up. Right. The, the point of this is, is that the schedule is out, and now we have something to whet the appetite. And we don't, don't forget that the preseason starts September 17th, and that's where we have six games full of hockey that we can see what the team's going to look like and see how the abs are going to look when it's time for October 3rd. So, again, this is the regular season schedule, but but you sort of get that fix. It's like the NFL. Ridiculous that it starts August 8th right. for preseason, but that's so people can sort of get their, their fix before the regular right. season it's, starts. It's, it's wetting your whistle as we kind of sat here with 
the crew and Emily is we we're kind of doing our line combinations. Of course, we have no idea. But the argument was, do they go back to the you know the big power line yeah. or they move some pieces around? But what's awesome about this, and I'm kind of jumping around. We'll get into each one of these guys a little bit. But what's fun about this now, when you add a guy like Kadri mm. Burkowski, you can you can either balance your lines out or you can go heavy like right. just try and you know keep up with 92, 96, and 29. But now you've got some moving parts that they can fill holes. Good, solid, offensive guys that can put up, you know, 40, 50 points a year, and you can attack in waves rather than all one right. line and then depending on, you know, third and fourth line guys to chip in. But we'll get into that. But it's that's the fun part is looking at the schedule, looking at line combinations, and, you know, health is a big part of that. But it's right. we're there. Well, and as we go down the timeline, so schedule comes out, and then it's the draft in Vancouver. And obviously some drafts have – bigger impacts than other ones, and obviously the Avs, a chance to get the number one overall, and they fall to four again. But still, you get an absolute gift at number four overall in Bowen Byram. I mean, this, the comparisons are ridiculous. From everyone who has looked at him play, watched him play, Alan Heppel on down, amateur scouts all over the place, Bowen Byram out of Cranbrook, B.C., uh, he's been compared to Duncan Keefe, Drew Doughty, that type of defenseman for the Colorado Avalanche in the future. Well, and he told me right to my face, I said, who do you want to be? I mean, if you could have a perfect NHL career, who would you want to mirror your game after? And he said, Morgan Riley. Okay, here's, I mean, here's a guy that had 72 points and played, you know, <laughs> I mean, he almost led the team in points. You know, yeah. you got Marner and Tavares and Matthews and all those guys, but uh, he's an elite skater. Um, he's one of those guys that can make you know, good calculated decisions. He's good with his stick yeah. in the neutral zone. They say that he plays in all three zones. You were down there watching him with Moj and Fort Collins. You said maybe he tried to do a little too much or or whatever. But once he gets settled yeah. in, they know that they got Kale McCarr, fourth overall. They got Bowen Byram. I mean, Pierre Lebrun said on Twitter, the Avs blue line over the next 10, 12 years, and he just wrote dot, 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 <laughs> oh, mama. <laughs> you know? So it's like, and don't forget Sam Gerrard in there yeah, too. But right. Bowen Byram, That'll be the question. Will he make the roster or will he not? Well, opening night is interesting because of the offseason surgeries to Eric Johnson and Ian Cole, who had surgeries on, on both hips. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if Byram comes in, gets to nine games, what happens at game number 10. Is he going to go back to the Vancouver right. Giants? Is he going to stay with the big club? Are they going to see enough uh, at that point where they know that this guy can stay just like Kale McCarr came in seamlessly for the Avs uh, in the playoff run last season versus Calgary. And the theme is to always be getting better, and we'll bring this up when we get to New to Newhook as well, but Bowen Byram, you know, in 14, 15, 16 with the Golden Hawks, 34 goals, 52 assists. In 18, 19, you just brought up, brought up the Vancouver Giants. Mm -hmm. 67 games, he's got 26 goals, 45 assists. That's a defenseman. Okay? Defenseman We're not who's leading about... <laughs> the WHL in playoff scoring. Right. You know? right. So when I say an elite skater gets creative in the offensive zone, I mean, I'm really right. saying he must get creative. And someone asked me the other day, what's the difference between Kale McCarr and Bowen Byram? Kale McCarr, I think, is the type of defenseman, yes, he can skate with the puck, and his vision and smarts are – remember that pass he had off the boards the in the space? Oh, yeah. oh, my goodness. And we so, saw it from three different angles. And, and Johnny Lyles and, and uh, Riker and I were sitting up, you know, behind yeah. that. And Johnny Lyles, who's a puck-moving defenseman, was sort of like, oh, uh, yeah. oh that was so sick. <laughs> yeah. oh. I mean, it was, he's so fun he, to watch. his vision and his smarts are there. And, and Byram is a smart defenseman as well, but almost probably a better puck handler, skating with the puck. We talked about Duncan Keith and Drew Doughty. That's where those two – 
defensemen sort of made their bread and butter was skating with the puck and getting in on that attack, and that's how you lead the right. WHL in playoffs. Well, and is, is, is carrying the puck into the zone, offensive zone entries. We have to be obviously real careful about comparing guys to, you know, we always do that all the time, Forsberg. Not my words, right, other right, people's right, words. Right. Um, but I, th I think the, f the other fun part about this is for the fans. They get, Kale McCarr is their guy. Yeah. Bowen Byram is their guy. You know, these are uh, Miko Ranton and their guy, Nathan McKinnon. Mm -hmm. you know, they, this team is, so much of its core is brought through the system. Yeah. And you're starting to see Joe's plan um, you know, come together and you're like, wow, look at all this youth and the, the contracts that they've got these guys under. It's amazing. And uh, the cap space that they still have, um, they got some signings to do, obviously, with Miko and, and JT and a few other guys. But it's, this, is the, this is when you're, if you're an Avalanche fan, you're licking your chops going, oh, my God, this is, this is a good 8, yeah. 10, 12-year run of, yeah. a, of a pretty awesome squad. So that's number four overall. Then... They're the, the Avalanche's natural pick at number 16. They go with Alex Newhook. And it was interesting because we were keeping an eye to see if they were going to select Cole Caulfield, if he was going to be available, but the Montreal Canadiens select right him there. at number 15. Yeah. But Alan Heppel, they are really excited about Alex Newhook. And watching him in that rookie showcase, you love uh, him. three on three, fantastic. You could see the smarts, you could see the skill, uh, him and Bocage in particular. But what scouts do too is they interview their draftees as well. And everyone talks about the person and the human being that Alex Newhook is. So he's got the skills, but he also has uh, the brain and and the the soul to match as well. The where, yeah, the where with that. I couldn't. Yeah. I don't know what I was trying to say I there. So I was hoping that you would. Help me out. <laughs> You'll fit perfectly. We both <laughs> <laughs> um, he's got something. No, but you know, uh, Alan Heppel was talking about the heel to heel skating. You know that yeah. he's constantly moving. That he's one of those guys that's a, a pest in the offensive zone. Very creative. Obviously, um, got to see that three on three in Fort Collins. But again. I come back to you're looking for that progression. Are they getting better every single year? And again, his numbers would suggest that he's going crazy. Um, again, in 14-15 when he was playing uh, in St. John's, 28 games, 33-15, and then you move up to the, the Victoria Grizzlies, right? I mean, it's constantly 43 goals, 38 goals, 64. I mean, you, you start to see this pattern of this he can obviously play yeah. at that level. Now can he bring it up? But in, in speaking with him, everyone was, I think Emily was even one, she said, you got to go meet Alex Newhook. He was spectacular. You knew right away, right? You knew right away. I mean, you shook his hand, you're like, oh. Okay. I mean, I was waiting in line to shake his right. hand, and I knew. Right. Well, we got shoved out of the way. A oh, I <laughs> Twice, actually. Twice, I was real good. Right. Sorry. <laughs> That's... Uh, anyway, but yeah, you could just tell, right? You could just tell. You know when you meet somebody, you're and like, oh, his, all his... His hockey buddies, all the Newfoundland guys yeah. and all the jerseys. Yeah. So they, they cut to a live shot of them in the right. in Rogers Arena. They're going crazy. And then they got to come backstage right. and meet him as well. And I said to him, I said, was that all staged or planned? Was there any drinking involved? <laughs> and he goes, it did smell a little. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're having a good time at the draft. They see their buddy go to the, the abs. I mean, why not? There's a great Newfoundland tradition. You heard about getting screeched in? No. So getting screeched in and... I'll have to look up the specifics, but it basically involves hard alcohol and fish, and it's a mm. Newfoundland tradition that I'm wondering if that will find its way into uh, to Avs fans. Uh, There's nothing better across than across Canada and North America. A little whiskey on some fried carp. Tell you what, 
We'll research Screeched In, and okay. I, I spoke before I knew exactly what it was, but it's a, it's okay. it is specific to right. Newfoundland, and I'm wondering if, uh, if that'll make its way uh, to Avs fans. So that's the first round, uh, number four, number 16. Second round, number 47 overall, Drew Hellison from the U.S. National Team Development Program. They're really high on him as well. You talk about the future as mm -hmm. far as defensemen go. This is a guy who has offense, but he can also bring a little physical presence and snarl as well. Well, and he's, uh, okay, again, 6'3", you know, two, what is he, 200 pounds. Yeah. Um, big kid, played on the U.S. national team. He's not, I mean, he's not going to blow you away with offensive numbers, but he, he, he played in the majority of the games. I think it was 63, 64 games that he played. Uh, 23 points, but again, it's size, it's depth, um, you know, and that's what the plan is. I yeah. mean, you can see what the plan is. Now, a lot of these other guys, um, there was a big, big following of Sasha Mutala. And, yeah. I mean, you can read a lot about him, but boy, he has a he has a nice following. Mm -hmm. People seem to really <laughs> like him, and I was I was pleasantly surprised to read some stuff on him. But you know, these are guys that we're going to see yeah. later. You know what I mean? They're I mentioned Alex Bocage earlier, played with uh, Ruin Noranda of uh, uh, QMJHL. They were the, the Calder Cup champions, and he has a ton of skill. Um, and you, you saw that on display. You can see why they mm -hmm. like him. A smaller frame, but definitely a skilled guy. Uh, and then you mentioned Mutala, Luca Burzan uh, from Brandon Manitoba. Uh, excuse me, the Brandon Wheat Kings, and then Trent Miner, a goaltender um, from Bowen Byram's Vancouver Giants, the WHL. And the WHL... Yeah, they were well represented. Were well represented yeah. as far as Avs draft picks went. Uh, it's kind of like the SEC in football. Yeah, you know, then you, you well, so was the but it used so to was be the, the national OHL. teams. That was so was the national oh, team. I know. I mean, there wasn't it a record this year? How many it was. Yeah. were drafted in the for first both, round? For both, I think, for WHL right. and then for the uh, the national team. Right. As so well. kudos, right? I mean, yeah. especially on the world stage, it, that's a that's good to see that. Yeah. Not only is hockey growing, uh, you know locally, Denver, Colorado, but nationally, they're getting some love. And I think guys like uh, Eric Johnson, you know, the, you, you saw him with the U.S. women's national team, and yeah. he's, he's all about yeah. USA, so it's good to see that the program's obviously working. What is on this mug, by the way? This, this is a painting, so I painted this last night. Okay. I, was, I, I just randomly said, I'm going to draw a horse with a green scarf, and I did. <laughs> I have no and idea And then you chose, you chose as the... As yes. the, the, the text on it, nothing is so strong as gentleness. Nothing so gentle as real strength. Yes. Hold on, there we go. Yep. And it, was a, little, it was a little dirty when I found it. In the, but I was like, you know what? Still you know, some that, paint left in it? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It, it's, it definitely stunk. <laughs> like cup of noodles or something. Uh, I, I always wondered about the people who put the cup of noodles in the coffee mug. I mean, I guess it makes sense, but... Yeah. You, you, it comes in a cup already. You're eating and sucking at the same time. Yeah. It's just like a meal that you Right, you exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Is Brian Regan better? He's going to make a <laughs> peanut butter and jelly sandwich. He's going to put right. it all, right. all in one thing. Right. Uh, okay, so you have the, the draft milestone that's gone away. Then the next thing you look forward to is July 1st and free agency. In between the draft and free agency, Joe Sackick making some trades. June 25th. We say goodbye to Carl Soderberg. Carl, it was good to see you. The Avs get a 2023 round pick and defenseman Kevin Connaughton back uh, from the Arizona Coyotes. And then three days later, they acquire Andre Burakovsky from the Washington Capitals for uh, Scott Kosmichuk, a 2022 round pick, and that third round pick that they just got uh, from Arizona. So 
I think this is a plan for now and the future for Joe Sackick as far as the center position and as far as his winger goes because he needed forward depth going into free agency season. 100%. Um, Connaughton, uh, that's, I mean, you're saving some money with uh, moving Soderberg. Yeah. And uh, you're going to need uh, a defenseman, defenseman because of, because of injuries and, and, and Eric Johnson. And, and as they always say, you can never have too, too many, many defensemen. defensemen. Exactly. Um, Connaughton. 29 years old, six foot, 200 pounds, shoots left, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. He's played 81 games for the Columbus Blue Jackets, 185 for Arizona. He can step in. He can fill a role immediately. Um, Burakovsky, this is the interesting one. And I, I mean, I did some numbers, and I started looking at their line combinations for Washington. And here's the argument with not only Burakovsky, but with Nazem Kadri, who we'll get to later. But mm -hmm. Burakovsky, Seattle Ovechkin, Backstrom, Tom Wilson. And then the second line was Haglund, Kuznetsov, and Verona. Well, then you got Burakovsky on the third line, and he's only averaging 11 minutes a game. Yeah. Okay, so you're like, well, his numbers aren't going to blow you away. Well, What's he supposed to do in 11, 11 minutes? 11 minutes, exactly. So what kind of time will he get? Will he get more power play time? Is he going to be a second-line guy? Is he going to be a third-line guy? So he's going to get a real opportunity at just 24 years old to sort of shine. And I think that's what... Um, people are thinking. Now, he's of Russian descent, but it's pretty interesting. He was born in Austria, yeah. but grew up in Sweden, Sweden right? right? Yes. So I'm, I'm thinking Russian myself, name, right? born in Austria, because <laughs> right. his dad was playing in Austria right. at the time. Right. And then w they moved to Sweden, where he continued his playing So does that career. mean that he speaks Sweden? I would Swedish? Sweden? <laughs> do you speak do Sweden? Do you speak USA? Tell me, do you speak Sweden? <laughs> I would assume that he, in fact, speaks Sweden. Yes. Right. But, I mean, it's, it's kind of a cool story. I yeah. don't know what kind of character he is, but he seems like a guy that you know, that obviously fits in, and they really like him here. And, I mean, he's a, he's a consistent 35, 42-point guy right now. Well, he's in a similar spot that I think both Donskoy and Nazem Kadri were in, was they, they got pushed so far down in the lineup right. where they couldn't really produce to their potential. Right. And I think that's where the Avs were looking uh, around the NHL for trades and in free agency when they're trying to get guys guys that are looking for second and, and maybe at worst third-line minutes where they see their potential. I think that's what they get in the Burakovsky trade and when they start to approach free agency on July 1st. And, and Don Skoy was sort of rumored to be the first free agent they signed in July and on, on that first day of July, and he was. Four years, 3.9 million AAV for Jonas Donskoy. Uh, unfortunately the player who scored the game-winning goal in right. Game 7 yeah. versus the Colorado Avalanche. But you have him, you have Pierre-Edouard Belmar, the Vegas Golden Knights, formerly of the Philadelphia Flyers, can play the wing, uh, but mainly as a centerman. Uh, two years, 1.9 million AAV, and then Colin Wilson officially a free agent. They bring him back for another year at 2.6 million AAV. First of all, let me just say this: that uh, Twitter and the internet has ruined free agency. I knew everything before it <laughs> the, happened. The, the right? whole show I mean, happened like, on right, on June right. 30th. Right. I mean, it I was. I, it was like your your parents didn't wrap the presents <laughs> under the tree, so you get to the tree and you're like, huh. really? Right. Uh, globe. I mean, thanks, thanks <laughs> right. for the baseball, right. Man, I guess. Um, okay, so Donskoy, again, um, if you compare him, if you're talking just shots, right? Yeah. Like, how productive is he? 11 minutes of ice, or excuse me, not 11 minutes, but more like 13, 14. Mm -hmm. Comfort had 118. Wilson had 104. Jost had 114. Donskoy is one of those guys that went 107, 95, 129, yeah. 115. So if you're going to do a comparison, you can expect him to be, as far as point production, yeah. maybe a Joe store comfort, comfort right now. Okay, yeah. Now, 
we expect bigger things from JT and Jost in the future. These guys could easily explode. Uh, Belmar, this is what I thought was real interesting about him. He he rarely misses games. Yeah. 81, 74, 82, right. 72, 76. So you At get, 34 years old, that's right. rare too. Well, and I, I happened to just talk with the captain about a couple of these trades, and he was like, this guy is an absolute nightmare to play against. And I'll tell you what, because I was in Vegas the first year that, that they were there, obviously. Uh, and you look at the face-off numbers there, 51.5%, 17-18, even better last year, almost 55% from mm -hmm. the dot. So you have that. You have the PK. He's a, he's a natural penalty killer. Right. That's what he does. But again, we, we get back to the human piece, the type of human that Pierre-Edouard Belmar is, pebbles as they called him. Mm. Um, unbelievable in the community, in the locker room. He's a natural leader, and he's going to be so good for that dressing room and for this fan base. I said, look, fans are going to love this guy, and that's exactly what they got. And I think that's a good deal, two years at not even $2 million. Well, and I, I don't want to make the comparison to Ian LaPerriere because they're two totally different hockey players, but you remember how awesome he was to have in the locker room, yep. the thing that he brought, and from a guy that was in the locker room with yep. the Golden Knights. Uh, nobody, he was wonderful. Right. So that's awesome. Absolutely that's awesome. wonderful. So awesome. we talked about Colin Wilson as well. We all know what he did last year. Came on strong uh, towards the end. Um, but then we get later in the day after everyone's packed up and gone home. Well, and, he's, and Joe's already done his call. Right. Right? He's so, already done the, the press call. So, we, so here's little uh, inside, little trade day verita in right. here. Right. Uh, is We did one conference call with Joe Sackick talking about Don Scoy and Pierre-Edouard Belmar and even Wilson uh, to an extent, some questions came in we're about done. the RFAs. So everyone's packing up the trunk. We're putting it in the wagon. We're headed home. All the Canadian reporters are are halfway to the cottage. Right. You know, Bob McKenzie is right. already two margaritas in. Right. But <laughs> we get to about five o'clock Mountain Time, and all of a sudden, tweets start to come out. Mm -hmm. And the big names weren't there at first. First, it was Kerfoot getting traded to Toronto, and so everyone started to do a little bit more digging. And then we get the big trade, two players that had rumored to be traded for it seemed like three and four years prior to this. Nazem Kadri coming to the Avalanche along with defenseman Callie Rosen and a 2023rd round pick, so the Avs get that back after all. And Tyson Berry along with Alexander Kerfoot go to the Toronto Maple Leafs along with a 2026 round pick. And I said, Kyle, that this was a trade, this is what sports trades are supposed to be because one team has something that the other team needs and vice versa, and they say, let's make a deal to try and not fleece anybody just to get something done because Toronto, you mentioned Morgan Riley earlier. Right. He may be the only defenseman left from January 2018. That's on the roster. That's on the roster <laughs> right. for, for Toronto. So they need defensive help. They did a trade with Ottawa uh, earlier in the day as well, and then the Avs were they, the number one talking point was who's your second-line center? Well, now we know. Right. Um, again, you have to fall back on who does Toronto have? Who's getting all the ice time? The Marners, yeah. the Matthews, the Tavares. And the 30 who's the odd man out in that? Kadri. Okay, yeah. and nobody's going to forget what he did three years ago, two years ago, 32, 32, right? Yeah. His point production went down because he's now all of a sudden he's on a third line with uh, Patrick Marlowe. Not to take anything away from Patrick Marlowe, but he's, he's older. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, William Nylander, who's a terrific hockey player. But you're, again, your ice time is down. The other thing is, is he brings a, a, a bit of nastiness. And I don't mean that he's out there just knocking dudes over, but you think of his, his last three fights. I mean, he, he fought Brandon Carlo, who's 
six five. He fought uh, <laughs> Joe Thornton, who's six four, and I'm a, Joe's not really a fighter, but he did rip Still, half of his beard right. off. Um, and Ristolainen. The on the ice. I'll I mean, he, he fought Ristolainen too. Yeah. Get another guy that's six four, so he's not going to back down, but he's got a bit of that nastiness yeah. in him, and he shoots the puck. That's what I love. He's not afraid to let it go. Right. And when you get that, all of a sudden you, you're getting second chances and maybe you're drawing penalties or whatever. But Nazem Kadri is uh, he's a pro. And just from what I've read, and you know the Toronto media was all over this, they loved him. Loved it. it loved him in the blue and white. So uh, I think it's a, it's a huge upgrade on the second line. Power play time. Uh, Locker room guy, a guy that's a winner, that wants to win. So, again, line combinations as you start shifting around and who's he going to play with and da-da-da-da. But now you can, you can really have two, even three solid lines yeah. of, of scoring potential for, for well, Colorado. Even four lines because as, as you're trying to maybe write stuff down, you're thinking now that it's going to be Belmar in between Matt Calvert and Matt Nieto who are right. just goal right. scoring machines down the stretch. So now uh, it's sort of the Avalanche are now in a position – uh, in today's NHL, where you definitely need to have all four lines scoring, and you look at the personnel that you have, and that is is probably going to be the case. And with Don Skoy-Burakovsky looking for opportunities, as you mentioned, Kadri was that guy who sort of got left out with the acquisition of John Tavares. And as a, as a second-line guy, produced. Third-line guy, got lost in the shuffle. So now he's back to being a second-line right. guy. Well, and the two teams that were there at the end, you got the Boston Bruins and the St. Louis Blues, right? You look down their, their roster, or at least their their statistics for not only the playoffs but the regular season. There was like maybe a, a two guys. I mean, you can you, you could say that maybe Marshawn stood out a little bit or O'Reilly on the other side, but it was pretty well balanced. Yeah. I mean, you had a lot of guys that were 40, 50 point guys, and what does that mean? That means depth. Yep. And that's how you get to the end is depth. And I think what you can. And see, that was the other talking point last year was depth of scoring. I mean, every interview went, that we did oof, with with right. media elsewhere was. Well, what about the depth of scoring? Everyone knew about Landis Gogranton and, and Nathan McKinnon, but what about everybody right. else? You can't really talk about that now, right. at least on paper. Well, and I just, and some of the pictures that she took where uh, Tyson Joseph was at the radio, does he look bigger than you? He does. I mean, his neck looks like a thick log. Moj and I did an event with him, and he he was there with Kale McCarr, and they both look big. Yeah. I mean, and, and so Joseph physically it, looks yeah. bigger, like more menacing, and you actually saw him play that way towards yeah. the end of the year, I felt like, where he was, he was actually trying to get a little gritty with guys. And he said, we actually enjoyed that in the Calgary series. He said, we, I, I really like trying, yeah. trying to muck it up in the corners, which was, which was actually nice to see from Tyson Jost because that had never really been something that they talked about, him being able to play that way. Right. And his hair, man, he really let it go towards the end of the year. I mean, it was this big. Not quite Alexander Kerfoot. No, but, but it was huge. And, the, yeah. you know, he, he played it out like, you know, he let it go. He looked a little bit like Medusa. It was huge. Now it's all tight. You know, he's got it oh, all yeah. tight back. And he's back to business. Yoked up, ready yeah, to go. Right. So he looks good. Those are the guys that I'm really looking forward to. I love JT Confer. He can kill penalties. Um, shorthanded goals, maybe one of my Best memories from last year was in Arizona. In Arizona, two shorthanded goals in, in the, the same, span of, of the yeah, same, I mean, it was, it was a record. Kill. Yeah. Um, Tyson Jost, you just, you, you grow up with these guys. I shouldn't say that. I'm an old fart, but you know what I mean? Hey, you, 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 you watch them grow, I guess, yeah. through the system. And so those are the guys that have so much potential, yeah. right? That if all of a sudden they get on the main stage and they start, you know, really starting to pump in the points, 
I mean, there's there's a reason that when, whether it's on NHL Network or it's on TSN or it's on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, it's hard to talk about the top five teams in the National Hockey League if you're talking about future mm -hmm. and not include yeah. the Colorado Avalanche. Well, what Peter McNabb told us at this event, he said, at the draft in Vancouver, he said, and as we know, Peter McNabb, literally knows every single person on planet Earth. I mean, right. he, know, he knows all of you. You don't even know it. <laughs> uh, but he said the most talked about team at the draft in Vancouver, bar none, was the Colorado Avalanche because of what they have now and what they have for years to come. Right. I'm just going to, you know, all the attention is on, you know, those 96, 29, and 92. At least the majority of attention is on them. Watch out for this blue line. I mean, it is... Yeah. It is scary fast. It's scary young, and and then you've got the you've got depth of of veterans in in Eric Johnson and Ian Cole, and now you re-sign Nikita Zadorov, who I hope people don't forget. Just yeah. his presence on the ice changes things. It does. It just does. One year contract for him, so Z will be back to smash. One year contract as well for Ryan Graves. It's a two way deal. Uh, AHL and NHL. And again, Colin Wilson, one of those guys yep. that c came up late on the power play where you're like, whoa. But his net pr front presence yep, was, was awesome. Is a game changer. Yeah. I mean, you put him in the middle, and a lot of times that, you know, that, that guy that gets stuck in the middle, it, you know, that one pass back and yeah. forth, you know, it's just like, uh. It well, was interesting because they tried Kerfoot in that spot, right. right? And then that didn't exactly work, work. for whatever reason, but they, then they put Wilson in there when he was healthy. Right. And he was a difference maker, yeah. whether it was deflections, whether mm -hmm. it was just taking Viking positions and pushing guys out of the way. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering the power play dynamic with if he will return to that first unit. Is Kadri going to go uh, be sort of the centerpiece on the second unit? Those are all decisions that Jared Bednar, who will be back for two more years, by the way, extended two years, Jared Bednar will have to make uh, in this upcoming season. I golfed with him uh, two weeks ago, and he rolled up, and I mean, that the hair... Nobody has better hair. No, in, best hair in the in the league. In the league, come at come at me. And he he knows it. I mean, he does the flick and the flow and the. He, he just he, he plays the part. He's a good golfer, but more than anything, he's he's a great coach. Um, the guys in the room really respect him, like him. Um, he is a no BS guy. Yeah. Um, he's you know he's, he's fun got to that be around. Balance, right? right. He's so, fun to be around. But I'm, what I'm saying is he's not uh, he's not going to play friends with anybody. He's there right. to, to to coach this and team. And he's honest with you. Yes, and that's exactly 100%. what guys want. They don't want. Games to be played, and am I am I in? Am I out? Like, what do I need to work on? I think yeah. Tyson Jost is the perfect example of that, yeah. because he was struggling. Yeah. Honest conversation down to the AHL, came back, and he was almost a different player upon his return to the well, NHL. And the, one of the things that I really appreciate about the coaching staff is if there's a line that's going. I mean, there was there was a couple of games um, where, where Bork and his crew were out there, and they were the only ones buzzing. Yeah. You know, nobody could get anything going, and he's not afraid to stay with one line. Oh. And especially on the power play, you've got all that jam on that top line or, or that first power play. Well, if it ain't clicking. He's not afraid to bring those guys 40 seconds in and let them, you know, rip off a minute, 20 yeah. seconds. So he's going to play the hot hand. He can. He has a real good feel for the game and his team and line combinations. And, you know, he's not afraid to put Landy up on the top line, right. you know, put those guys together or pull him back or Miko or whatever. So he's a, he's playing chess, you know, whether it's home or on the road. He's a thinker. He's not an overthinker. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think some coaches are guilty of overthinking sometimes. Uh, and, again – a lot of it is just how you see the game in your gut, and he really has that gift as a coach. Yeah, 
and again, just a pleasure to be around. Yeah. Very great guy. Respectful always, to us. Gives us always, the time of day all the time. Hey, and, well, you, especially you. He's so sick of me. Because you have to talk to him every day. Every game. He right. has got to be. It got to the point where I'm like, ah, I know. Let's just get through this. <laughs> Hello, Gunner. <laughs> you again. But, I mean, look, we all know about his first season, 22-56-4. We all want to forget about that. But then you go 43, 30, and 9, and then, you know, a little bump in the road last year, but that was because of that gap from December till pretty much February. But still, you're into the playoffs, you know, in back-to-back -back seasons. And, you know, it, it, people say, well, it took him seven years to win the Kelly Cup. Look, he was an assistant for five. Right. In the ECHL, he's a head coach for two, ends up winning the Kelly Cup there, and then his first season as a head coach in the AHL wins the Calder Cup. So this is a guy who has a, a championship pedigree. We all know that. And we've seen his adjustment. You talk about watching growth in the NHL. That goes for Jared Bednar right. as well. Well, and how many coaches win the Stanley Cup every year? One. One. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's, one. it's the same thing. We, all, we don't accept anything less than the Stanley Cup. Okay, well, that's great, except only one team gets to hoist it, right? Yep. Or drink soup or beer out of it, you know, in the summer. So, <laughs> or make a margarita right. out of it. Again, I come back that. to progression. Are you yeah. progressing as a team, as an organization? Are your draft picks on the up and up? You know, are they guys that are going to fit well into the locker room? Uh, you brought up Belmar and Kadri, you know, these guys, they come in. And right now, everything to just about every team feels good, right? But this is not a homer comment. This yeah. is this is an honest-to-God assessment of looking up and down the roster and taking all of the personality stuff out of the way. It is a young, energetic, very talented hockey club, and I'm not. I don't mean just this year. It's I'm talking a huge 10, 12-year window of <laughs> mm. <laughs> tasty, delicious. <laughs> all right. Um, well, I think that'll about do it. Yeah. Um, we have, you know, just a couple months till preseason starts, but we'll uh, we'll keep you uh, informed. We'll keep the hockey talk going during the summer with the Abs in Your Ear Holes podcast. Again, subscribe on iTunes, uh, ColoradoAvalanche.com, and then you can also watch on YouTube. So this was this was fun, even though you blended into the couch. Right. And what is it? It's ninety nine dollars per episode. We're yeah, asking people right. uh, each. Each. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's. Almost $200 for <laughs> Totally worth it, though. Just click subscribe. Uh, he's Kyle Keefe. Our entire crew is wonderful. Thanks for putting this on. Connor McGahee, we'll see you next time.